Hey listeners, I'm Adam, and this is Can I Ask You a Question, a podcast where anyone is welcome to join me for an episode to share their thoughts on a topic of their choice. I'm looking forward to hearing new opinions and perspectives, and hopefully becoming a bit more open-minded along the way. If you're interested in joining me for a future episode, feel free to check out the sign-up link in this episode's description. This episode is brought to you by the Everyday App. Technically, this is an ad, but the Everyday app has honestly been super helpful for me, and I wouldn't partner with a company if I didn't genuinely believe in the product. So, what does the app do? It basically helps you track your habits so that you can see your progress over time. There's a common business saying, what gets measured gets managed. Like I said, it usually applies to businesses, keeping track of things like their sales and customer satisfaction, but I think it's just as relevant for personal goals too. It sounds like a simple concept for an app, but I've personally found it to be super effective in helping create new habits. The app lets you add whatever habits you're currently working on building. For me right now, some of those include reviewing my to-do list each day uh, so that I stay on top of the things I want to get done. Another one is going to the gym, and another one is limiting my time on Twitter to five minutes a day. The app lets you add three habits for free, so you can see if you find it helpful. If you soon realize you want to track more than three habits, like I eventually did, the paid version lets you track unlimited habits and has other cool features, and it's pretty good value in my opinion. There's a link in the episode description that gets you 10% off. All right, let's jump into today's conversation. All right, you ready? Yep. Okay. So let's jump in. Yep. Okay. So question you picked was, what is the right level of income inequality? So what do you think? Uh, is that, is that as direct of a question as I picked? I thought it was a little broader than that. Okay, what did you, what did you think you picked? I thought I just picked income inequality as a whole. What about, so what, what did you have in mind? Um, no, I, I, I like that I think you're not diverting from the direction. I just think that's a very pointed way to start the, uh... Well, that was the question. <laughs> that was the question on the list. Okay, so what, what, repeat that. What, what is the right level of income inequality? Yeah. Um, I don't know if there is a right level. I just think that right now, um, especially in North America, it's gone definitely away from the right level and, and probably trending towards what uh, I would call almost dangerous levels where um, it's a function of society as a whole, but just like the wealth gap is so extreme and there's so many people that are struggling just to like basically get by. Um, and with the way that you know, financial markets work, etc. That's only uh, expected to get worse over time. Um, so I don't know what the right answer is. I just know it's wrong. Why is it? Why now. is it going to get worse over time? Um, I just think the way the the system's designed. Like, if you have money, you can pretty easily nowadays invest it for very minimal costs. And um, if the future is any indication of the past, like it's over the long term, you're pretty guaranteed to just make a ton of money, whether it's in uh, financial markets, whether it's in real estate, whether it's in any sort of asset, um, versus if you are at the bottom of the income threshold nowadays, you could uh, barely scrape by on a monthly basis, much less afford to put anything away, um, in which case you have no money to grow. And again, the because of compounding, that gap will only get worse over time. Why did you pick this question? Um, honestly, because of my dad. So uh, 
I mean, we both went to business school, so we um, have call it corporate jobs, etc. Um, and then business school teaches you um, a certain philosophy, which is you know, economic growth is always good. Uh, like corporations benefit society as a whole. Like they create jobs for people. Um, Yes, top executives get paid a lot of money, but it's for the greater good of society. So, like, you know, that that's what keeps the economy going. That's good for everybody. Um, he was always a much more uh, just like middle class guy, and and never he always disagreed on with me on that point, um, which we used to have a ton of debates about uh, growing up and when I was in university. But somehow I managed to find myself on the opposite end of that debate more often than not nowadays and taking his side and the fact that um, yes corporations and all that and growth is good for the economy but there are reasonable levels to certain things like how much corporations should be making versus their employees uh, and I think that's starting to spiral a little bit out of control okay so do you provide any opinions yourself on these topics yeah, yeah. Or is it, or is <laughs> no it, if you ask me if, just, if you ask me you okay. can ask me whatever Okay, well, uh, do you agree with what I'm saying? That what you're saying is that there's too much in- income mm-hmm. inequality? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. So I look at uh, part, of the, like, part of the reason, one of the things I like about this podcast is when someone picks a question, like the questions that I put on the list are kind of just thoughts that come to mind, but I haven't really thought that much about. Mm-hmm. So when you picked the question, I started like reading about it more, yep. so learning more about it, which was cool. Yep. But um, pretty much like, so countries with the least inequality are like Scandinavian countries have pretty low income inequality. Uh, Japan does, which I wasn't that aware of. Okay. And their reported well-being or happiness levels are high. Right. Versus the U.S. and other countries with... Uh, more inequality are a lot lower. Right. Um, it's not surprising. So, yeah, if that if that's the case, then the end goal is we want people to be happy, right? Right. I just think my dad always brought up a really uh, interesting point of view, which which an economic perspective will trump in a second, but it would always be something like why are hockey games so expensive and why do NHL players get paid so much money, right? All they're doing is skating around playing sports, Um, which from an economics perspective, you say, well, they're charging 300 bucks for the tickets. Everyone is still willing to buy them. So that's exactly what they would do to be profit maximizing, right? If you could charge more and people are like that, that's how a basic company thinks. His logic would be, well, but screw that concept. Make the tickets cheaper so that an average person can actually afford to go to the game, okay? And then pay the players a little bit less. And the only people that will really suffer at the end is A, the players will make a little less money and the corporation will make a little less money. But for the well-being of society, both of those parties are still very, very well off. And the average person in society is much better off, right? So it's just a matter of it's this balance which uh, – is almost impossible to find without some sort of regulation, but between like what can be done from a profit maximizing perspective, which is what, what uh, call it should be done from a more societal, equitable perspective. Right. Yeah. So something, the part about this that I find interesting is from some of the stuff I looked at, 
it seems that from studies and stuff, the evidence shows that people would rather live in a society that's more equal, even if the average income is lower. So a society that has an average income of 50K versus 60K, Mm -hmm. if the society with 50K, an average income of 50K has less inequality, they'd rather live there, which is interesting um, because I think you look at the U.S., which is um, one of the one of the countries closer to like pure capitalism, mm-hmm. closer to it than like Scandinavian countries, and mm-hmm. you see more. You seem to see more growth as a result. Mm-hmm. So, to this point, average income might be higher, but the inequality is greater, and people aren't aren't any happier. Um, I actually I think that. Um what I just said relates very closely to that. So, okay, growth is overall much higher. Again, it's being funneled into a very a much smaller pool of pockets. Um, with that, you usually have overall economic growth, aka rising prices, etc., that follow growth in GDP. Um, which, if you are at the very bottom of that, call it income spectrum your day-to-day life becomes more and more unaffordable with time, right? If you're at the top, I mean, it probably doesn't get any more affordable. You just have a lot more money to spend on it. But the people at the bottom of that really start to suffer. And like Canadian and Toronto housing prices are probably the best example of that, right? Right. Like things are growing. There's a ton of demand. Salaries are increasing. So prices are skyrocketing. People that make a ton of money can afford it, but not necessarily with a snap of the finger. It's still an effort for them. And people that are at the bottom of the income ladder are within miles of ever even dreaming of buying a house. So is that better than all of us just having a more relatively closer income and all being able to afford a reasonable living with, of course, there has to be a spectrum for incentives, etc. But that doesn't shock me at all. That okay. most people would prefer a tighter band for right. income. What I, what I did find surprising though is so they they plotted they plotted countries in terms of their inequality and happiness, and there was a strong correlation between mm-hmm. as inequality increases, happiness decreases or well being yeah. reported well being decreases. But then they they mapped like we talked about average income versus happiness and they picked a bunch of countries and there was like no correlation so they were suggesting countries that have an average income that's higher than other countries will see no increase in well-being which i found kind of surprising which Hmm. it it, it's it seems to suggest that it's all about this relative relative it's all about relativity Huh? That's relative to prices too. Like prices were factored in as a uh, uh, like cost of living. I don't know. I have to check. Okay. Have to check. Well, so even if it wasn't though, um, I still wouldn't find that terribly surprising because if you um, like, this is what the whole rise of social media has done in a lot of different ways too. If you are just living day to day and you see the people around you and everyone's in the same boat and you're not comparing yourself to other people all the time, 
you don't even have a source of, of let's say, uh, like resentment or unhappiness or, or whatever because you're all in the same boat. That's why they do all the all those Netflix documentaries about which countries are the happiest that often turns out to be the poorest countries because it's all they know, right? So they just they live their day-to-day lives. If you live in a big city and you're barely getting by and you see everyone around you um, more successful with more money being able to afford the things that you can't, suddenly uh, your life in comparison becomes or starts to look a lot more uh, gloom, right? Um, so I don't know, like if if... If we grew up in a place where everyone was kind of at the same level and there was an expectation that we would all be okay, uh, even if it wasn't, let's say, you know, the nicest city, I think you'd be fine. That's all you know, and it, you have a reasonable expectation that is likely to to come true. If you live in a place where there's such a wide spectrum and you're either at the top or the bottom, um, I just think there's a lot more room for unhappiness. Right. Uh... So just before this, I was reading, there's this experiment they did where they, they took two people uh, and they gave, they gave one of the two people money. Let's say they gave them a hundred bucks and they said, you can choose how much you want to give of that tour of that hundred dollars to the other person. Okay. And that other person can decide whether to accept what you've given them or if they reject it, then neither of you guys get, yeah. gets the yeah. money. Yeah. And, like, I guess rationally, I don't know if that's the right word, but even if the person gives them a dollar, dollar. they should accept it because they have, it's better than nothing. But people end up rejecting it pretty much all the time if it's not at least 25%, in this case, $25. Yeah. Which kind of illustrates this. It's all about, like, fairness and perceived, perceived yeah, fairness. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's perceived fairness. It's human emotion. It's... Uh... It's again. It, I'll relate it back to the hockey example. Like it's not. It's irrational to charge less money if you can make more money, right? Just like it's irrational to say no to twenty-five free dollars. But there's just an element of, of of fairness and like equality in society that that is will always be present, right? It's just a matter of if we ever act on it or not. So what I started thinking about was. Let's say, let's say you had a society where things are a lot more equal. Are people just going to find, I wonder, are people just going to find other things to compare themselves to others? Like, is it just in our nature to compare ourselves so that if, if income is more even, mm-hmm. then maybe like Instagram followers becomes the metric and you're still unhappy if like there's something around, it seems like it's around status and and people are unhappy when they feel like their status or like perceived worth in society is is worse. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if like I would think maybe the like the metric would change. If it's not income, then it's it's something else. I don't know. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I, I guess my only counter to that would be you just went from a world today where we are so far off the spectrum of what I guess would be the right level to a world where we are, you know, perfectly at the right level, which A, I don't think will ever happen. Um, B, I mean, in any, uh, I think what would be best is if that gap just narrows a little bit, right? In which case you still have 
um, a gap, which would still create, you know, incentives for people to do more, work harder, etc. Like keep that, um, I guess, engine of, of people's kind of motivation going. Because if everyone made the same, this is the argument against communism. If everyone made the same amount of money, why yeah. would anyone be incentivized to work harder or become a doctor or et cetera, right, if there's no payoff? So there needs to be some sort of spread um, to incentivize. Again, like you, you need to be rewarded for something. Um, so, okay, really quick on that because this has come up in like a couple different episodes. Podcasts? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would like to think there's still incentive to become a doctor even, mm-hmm. if, even if everyone's getting paid the same because it's rewarding to help people. So I'd rather be a doctor than um, a profession where it's harder to see how I'm helping people. Um, I would agree with you in principle. And so if, um, let's say we, we staged a world where to become a doctor or to become any other career would take the exact same amount of effort, I think you'd have everyone trying to be a doctor, right? But if you keep the same world today where to be a doctor takes, you know, 10 times the amount of work and time um, versus you could um, save all that effort and do something slightly less meaningful, I think there'd be a surprising amount of people that would take the easier option. If they, I mean, I'm not a doctor, neither are you, but, you know, uh, doctor, lawyer, all these things, they come with a certain status symbol as well as a promise for pay as well as a I'm doing good for society. So it's like a combination of all three things. I think if you take away two of the three as in the pay and the status because I mean Status will still be there. Status will, I guess if the if the, um, okay, I guess if the requirements to do it will don't change, the status will still be there. Um, But if you take away the pay, I'm sure you will see a drop off. Maybe not to my extreme where, you know, there's no incentive to do it, but less all three of those things are important, I think, and take away any one of them and you will there will be a difference. Yeah. Right? So that's why I think having a gap is still beneficial. Um just not the size of the one we have today. Yeah. I guess I'm I'm not I'm not con- I'm not sure yet. Um I feel like a universal basic income is a good... Because pretty much the argument um, against making things equal is that, to your point, incentive goes down. Right. But I've seen some reports of universal basic income tests where the the hypothesis is that these people are going to sit around. Like, you give them free money, mm-hmm. their incentive to work and stuff's going to go down. And... I don't think the results are clear-cut yet because obviously there's still a big debate around universal basic income, but I think there are there's some studies showing that people's incentive doesn't go down. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you would design an experiment around that. Well, they give people money. Like, I think they did one in Ontario in the past where they gave, like, a small community. Everyone got a thousand dollars a month for free and they saw how it affected people's productivity and and stuff like that and in, would they quit their jobs or uh that's a good question yeah like maybe maybe they're working a minimum wage job 
and having that money gave them the freedom to go back to gave them the the security or I don't know what the right word is, but to go to school and retrain and and search for a job that they would find more rewarding and actually pays more money and that they can be more productive in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm th- I'm just going back to your question. Like I don't. I don't think there would be another, uh, use the example of Instagram followers, I don't think there would be another metric that people would necessarily gravitate to if incomes were the same. I don't even think, I think it's less about um, a status symbol and etc. as much as, you know, at the core, if we say that happiness is the ultimate goal in life, which I think is a safe answer. Um, Everyone is just trying to to attain that and be a reasonable level of happiness and get by and take care of themselves, etc. And then there's differing degrees of uh, to what degree do you want to take that and how much money do you need to to be there and how hard are you willing to work for it, etc. I think the problem is just that now so many people can't even establish a baseline of that, right? And that's why all this unhappiness comes from. So, okay. The reason I feel like it has to be about status okay. is because if the stuff that I was reading was true, and maybe there's bias in those studies, but in the example I gave where you have two societies, one of them, everyone is making 50K, yep. and a different society where average income 60K, let's say half the people, just for simplicity, half the people are making 55K, the other half are making 65K, so it averages to 60 Based on the study that I saw, people would prefer to live in the one where everyone's making 50. So in that example, it's if that's true, maybe it's not true, but if that is true and like validated, then it must mean that it's about status because obviously if in the even if you're the 55k people, mm-hmm. you're better off than having 50. It's just relatively now you are the lowest income earners. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen the study. I, I think, you know, um, if you were to think about a question like that, I think if you are confident that you could be at the top of, let's say, that spectrum, you would probably much prefer the latter, right? Because why not? Right. I think if you are less confident about that and you would assume that you'd be towards the bottom end of that spectrum, then you would prefer the one where everyone is the same. So, right. I don't know. There could be a lot of bias in that depending on who they ask or, or how it was asked. Yeah, good point. Um, it, could, it could also be like this shape. I don't know what that shape is. Uh, U, an upside down U. Yeah. Where, like, if this, if the X axis is like inequality, like, well, right, happiness right. is There's better up to yeah, a certain yeah, point. Yeah, There's yeah, like an optimum. Yeah. yeah. I just can't see, um, you know, you said universal income. I just can't see a world where that. I think that's been tried. I think that is essentially communism. And I think it's been very seldom successful in terms of, you know, long-term good outcomes. Yeah. No, communism hasn't worked. Yeah, Yeah. communism has never worked. Um, which, again, economic growth, incentives for people to do more innovation, all that is very important. It's good for society as a whole. It's good for a country. Uh, like the, an average American 
uh, may, let's say, relative to what they would like or what would be deemed um, optimal for that country is probably not even close to it, but relative to a lot of other countries have a way better quality of life just because of the fact that they can afford a house and a car and a reasonable amount of food, etc. There's a lot of countries that aren't even close to that because there is no economy, there is no growth, there's no nothing. So that stuff is required. Um, we're just at a, the different end of the spectrum where we pushed it so far. And again, it, uh, because of the compounding, etc., it only gets worse with time uh, that the, to me, it's more, is this sustainable forever, right? Like at what point is it going to become so ridiculous that there's so many people that just can't afford basic living that this thing breaks down? Or maybe it can keep going forever. Okay, but like even the poorest people today yeah. are better off than some of the wealthiest people 100 years ago in terms of... Are they? Yeah. In what sense? Like, like even the wealthiest people 100 years ago, they didn't have access to medicine so that a, like a sure, common sure, flu or sure. whatever could kill them versus today... At least in Canada, you're gonna you have you have healthcare provided for free. Um, yeah, I guess it, I guess it depends on what you define by better off. Like, is society as a whole, or we do we have more uh, tools at our disposal? You know, running water, food, all of that is probably a lot more accessible than it was back then. So maybe it actually does come down a lot to the. Um, comparative thing right because right now we're comparing okay well but you know com even if what you have today compared to what other people have is awful uh compared to what you could have had a hundred years ago it's great so you should be happy right but it's that's still a comparison so yes compared to not having health care or food you know living in a tiny um apartment with seven people because your family can't afford a house because of the structure of you know what's going on seems great but if you compare that to everyone around you today which is affording more and living a better lifestyle suddenly you're you're back down to very unhappy right yeah, maybe that's it maybe the compare maybe the comparison thing is um is the real driver behind all that so how do you get how do you get people to compare less well it's either you <clears throat> You'd fix it from a societal perspective. Like you could, there are obviously tools that mostly the government can do via regulation to to lower the income gap. Or there's the societal perspective, which is how do you get people to stop caring that there is an income gap? Right. I would argue the first one's probably more realistic. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to challenge me on that, but. Uh, I don't know. I think that's basic human nature. Even if you go like something as stupid as like mating in like biological terms, like it's always about comparison and who's the best like mate and partner. And it's just, it's probably in biologically ingrained in people that you just, I can't see a world where we don't care about those things. Yeah, I totally agree. And half the industries that exist would, would, implode no one would care about fitness or or appearance or apparel or anything really if we stop comparing or caring about what other people had or did yeah them, right no that's a good point have you watched any of the planet earth type stuff 
No. Okay, because nope. it's exactly what you're talking about. Like, it blew my mind, some of it. Uh, they show, like, a lot of the examples they show is how different, like, species and stuff attract mates, to your point. And it'll be like fish will move around pebbles at the bottom of the at the bottom of the ocean or whatever and like the female will be attracted to whichever male fish can make the move most the pebbles, most move the most into a yeah. into a pile it's just wild yeah which probably all stems from a survival thing right the, yeah they're the more fit they're stronger fit, they're smarter, yeah which is weird uh to translate to humans nowadays but i don't think um i don't think that's totally gone or, or will it ever be gone, right? It's just, in general, attraction, so many people have tried to quantify it or explain it or et cetera, but it just, like, it's an innate thing that you just have, right? Uh, so, yeah, I can't I can't see people stopping to care. I think if, there, <laughs> if anything is to be done, it'd have to be from a, uh, either, like, a government regulation perspective or... Um, I don't even know what it would be called, but, you know, corporations or some sort of capitalist, uh, like, body that would impose, like, some sort of rules around what is reasonable and what can be done. And at what point is shareholder value just too much and your employees are a little more important than, you know, purely generating all of your profits and returns for the benefit of shareholders, which I think there's – I forget exactly what it's called, but there's already been – um, change around that because if you remember in business school the corporations have a fiduciary duty to shareholders right that's the traditional dogma um, whatever that business council is that Jamie Dimon leads already uh, has stated an opinion that that's no longer that no longer should be the right lens to look at it and that corporations have a duty to shareholders and their employees and their uh, stakeholders and the entire value chain. So it's not just about, if you interpret the first version, it's uh, benefit shareholders at everyone else's expense, no matter what. And that's the only thing that you need to worry about versus this is a much more balanced perspective, which is okay. That is important, but maybe consider them all. Yeah. Maybe the rest of the, uh, I guess, organization, however you want to call it, doesn't need to suffer at that expense. Yeah. Which is already a huge step forward, right? Totally. So, see if that ever catches any steam. Uh, I was wondering. I was wondering about how people's perception of like what's fair is evolving mm-hmm. in terms of someone who's making a lot of money and has had a lot of success. Is, is perception around that evolving in terms of whether or not it's deserving? Like, people who are successful today, mm-hmm. do you think people feel like it's more, they're more, des- like, people's perception of how deserving they are of it, do you think that is changing in either direction, or do you think it's, like, staying the same? Or I can, I can expand on hmm. that if that didn't make sense. Well, what, can you expand on it while I think about it? I think yeah. I understand what you're saying, just... Yeah, like an example would be, like I I tend to think that 
it's moving in direction in a direction where it's going to seem less and less like people are deserving of their success as more and more data shows strong correlations between certain things that when we didn't have the data it was harder to to notice so an example would be we see we might see strong correlations between like uh, parents income and their children's income mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or strong correlations between someone's health like their their health as a child in terms of maybe like different conditions that they were born with whether it be like physical or mental like disabilities or challenges and that correlation with happiness kind of suggesting that to me that it's going to it's going to seem like it's it's less people are less deserving of of their success and more a product of their environment and and stuff like and like genetic lottery and stuff like that hmm um so when you ask that question i i just naturally gravitate towards the most extreme version of that which is let's say ceo salaries like do ceos deserve to make the increasingly more and more billions that they do every or millions that they do every year um and i don't know because in one sense you know companies are getting bigger and more complicated and the entire world is becoming more interconnected and the amount of let's say things that let's say a ceo today has to worry about versus 50 years ago is is you know 10x so that you know makes sense that they deserve more at the same time um i think your point about data is really interesting i think the availability of information in general will probably push it towards the less deserving front because um, if you don't, you know, if everything seems like a bit of a black box and you don't understand it, it's hard for you to have an opinion on something, right? So when you have no idea what, let's say, a CEO went through or what it took for him to get there or how smart he actually is, and you give it a fact about how much he makes, you can't really judge anything. I think the more information is out there that, um, let's say, the path that a lot of these people took is often not that special and that their qualifications are actually obviously impressive, but nothing extra out of the ordinary. Um, I would expect it to go down, yes. And, And I guess the logic is that, you know, are they, like... Is a CEO, let's say, the best person for the role? Let's say, notwithstanding, yes, right? Regardless of, um, that's my point is not like whether, let's say, that they're deserving of it or whether they're in the best position for it. But the way I would look at it is, is that person, let's say, 50,000 times more deserving from an income perspective than me? If you compare from that sense, I think a lot of people would be very unimpressed with that statistic and, and not give it nearly as much value, quote unquote, as you would if you frankly just didn't have any of that information and you assume that these people were so much more impressive and smarter, etc. And then maybe you would give them more credit. But that's a hard question. I don't even know if that made sense. But I... No, it does. Um, it's a good point. I hadn't thought of it that way. So in my mind, I feel like it is, to your point, CEOs today, uh, their roles way more important. Uh, and to your point, I do think it's possible that a CEO 
is bringing 50,000 times more value than someone else. Mm-hmm. But the deserving piece to me is is interesting because like let's take let's take uh professional athletes for an example, a basketball player. Like they had to win a genetic lottery. Like mm-hmm. like yes, hard work is important, but if you're not a certain height, you're really you have no chance. Mm-hmm. So to your point, people are willing to pay it. People are willing to pay crazy ticket prices. So they're just getting what people are willing to pay. Are they deserving of it? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. did like, so, like some people just didn't have the opportunity. So it's the same thing with like movies, um, movie stars especially. I think there are probably a handful of incredibly talented actors. And then there's everyone else that just got very lucky at some point and then grew up in an industry that happened to be funneling money left, right, and center who are now living the most outrageous lifestyles compared to the average person. Does that make any sense? No. Right? But that's an even harder one because um, other than, let's say, the price of movies, which you could argue is a little ridiculous... Nothing in that industry is that that extreme, let's say, for an average person. Like, you want to see a movie, you pay five bucks. It's really not that big of a deal, right? They'll gross billions of dollars in the end because it's accessible to so many people. And they have the money to pay them whatever they want. So, like, that, that's a tough one to actually solve. But is that fair? Does that make any sense? No. Same thing with all these young rappers that are, like, 20 years old. On It's, it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, just on movies, unrelated, have you seen... Do you watch movies or no? Yeah. Have you seen 1917? Have you heard of it? The war one? No. No, 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 no. Oh, I saw it on the weekend. So good. No, I've... Um, uh, yeah, we could talk later as to why I don't watch <laughs> good movies versus versus very average movies, but yeah. Okay, we're almost at 8 o'clock. I'm just seeing if I had any other burning questions I wanted to ask you. Oh, I also, earlier today when I was looking at this, I came across a book that looks interesting related to this. What's it called? It's called The Inner Level. Okay. How, how more equal societies reduce stress, restore sanity, and something else. Hmm. I'm going to check it out. Okay. You'll let me know. Uh, what else? Oh, I thought it, I thought it'd be cool if... You know the experiment I told you about with the two people and the money earlier? Yeah. I was thinking about what I would do the whole time. Okay, so it's not going to be a perfect experiment because no one's giving me the money. I was trying to do it so that we're the two people in the experiment. Mm-hmm. So this might not work perfectly, but okay. Let's say, so here's the scenario. I got $10. I get to decide how much to give to you. Mm-hmm. And then you can either accept it or reject it, and I'll have to give $10 to Neil. If I reject it, it goes to Neil? If if you so if you reject the offer, then I send Neil ten dollars. Well. Okay. Or should I pick someone else? You don't want Neil to get the well, money. Well Yeah, no, I don't want That's part to of the money. issue is I mean I could like cut up the money, but like Well, so I think the if the the best, the truest test of that is that nobody gets the money if you say no. Right. I think that one's really interesting because then it's a pure pride thing because at what level am I saying 
Can I swear on this? Yeah. At what level am I saying, fuck you, you cheap bastard. I'd rather you not get anything out of this for the deal you offered. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which, part, part of the reason it might not work with me and you is because it probably works better when the people don't know each no, other. No, but yeah, I was just about to say that. And the biggest factor is probably, you know, if I, like, okay, I don't know what you would have done. A part of me, depending on what sum of money it is, would just go 50-50 to guarantee you that you get the money, right? Or that you get 50 bucks. Because no matter who's on the other end of that deal, you'd have to be a little bit ludicrous to think that 50-50 wasn't a fair split and for you to say, I don't want anything. Yeah, if you give them 50%, I can't see the person right? ever saying so no. So that's You're a right. guarantee. Now, right. depending on how prickly they are, if you go anything more skewed, right, you're kind of pissing somebody off. Even if you go 51-49, it's kind of like, okay, you had to give yourself a little bit more, yeah. right? So then there's probably a threshold of like, okay, fuck this person, but I'll take the 40 bucks that he wasn't completely yeah. egregious yeah. in this deal. And then you cross the line where it's like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, this doesn't matter enough to me to let you the satisfaction of what you did, so beat it. If you know the person, I think that threshold becomes a lot closer to the 50, right? Because it's like, hey, you know, like we are friends, for example. How can you screw me over like this? If you don't know the person, they don't owe you as much. So you would assume that it would go closer to the, I guess, zero end of the thing. Okay, so maybe it's not going to work great in this example. Okay. But, um,. I'm going to offer you... I showed you all my cards, so you know what I'm going to say depending on what you do. Well, I'm going to offer you a dollar. Yeah. So you can either accept the dollar and I'll, I'll e-transfer you a dollar right now. Yeah. Or i got to send $10 to Neil. Um. <coughs> and there's a lot of variables at play here. How much you like me, how much you like Neil. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but uh, mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. What do you want to do? So... Um, <laughs> Because of the current variables at stake, I'm going to take the $1 only because you're sending the remainder to Neil. No, no, no. I if keep not, it. no, you're keeping it. But if I say no, Neil gets 10 bucks. Yeah. Purely because of my... Because you feel I was being unfair to you. Yeah, because of my own... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not like the opposite of guilt. My own... Um, not pretentious, my own ego, right? So my own ego is so unsatisfied with the fact that you only gave me a dollar that I'm going to give it all to Neil. Had you changed that, so that's the deal, by the way, that's what we're doing. So you're, um, you're accepting. I'm accepting. Okay. Had you not given anyone the money, there's no way I would have taken your dollar. I wouldn't have even taken your 10 bucks if it was out of 100. If you're giving me $100, I don't know. That's another variable. Like how big of a how sum big of money it is matters too, because I that's think a good point. If you if you gave thousand dollar pie, I give you a hundred bucks. Yeah, at that point, it's like okay, well, I'll, I'll take the hundred bucks. So that would matter a lot too. If you give anyone a million bucks, even if they know they could get up to fifty million dollars, I don't think you would just yeah walk good away point. from it for the sake. I of wonder with this study. Yeah, I don't know if this with this study what amount of money they used. Sounds but like, I agree with you. It sounds like you should do a study. 
I don't have a million dollars to you offer. You have a lot of podcast guests. Do you think I'm making money off my uh, <laughs> 30 podcasts? Are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, maybe this will be the one. All right. We're past eight. Okay. Thank you. Did Thanks, you, guys. You... Hope you all like the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks. Thanks again for tuning in to Can I Ask You a Question? If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you left a rating on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever you're listening from so that more people like you can discover it. Also, it'd be super helpful if you'd be willing to leave some feedback on any ideas you have for improving future conversations using the link in this episode's description. Thanks again and see you next time.